Welcome to the Brown Posey Press Show, part of the Books Big Network, a program dedicated to independent and self-published authors. This show will examine new and unique works of literature, learn about their creators, and discuss the industry. And now your host, Tori Gates. A new release on the Brown Posey imprint is Shadowlands. Gabriel Spangler brings the viewer a collection of black and white pieces in shadow, taken over a period of five years. A self-taught photographer, he is based here in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, as I am. His works are described as being from a documentary style of photography, and we're going to find out more about that right now. Uh, Gabe, welcome to the show. Hello, Tori. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. Well, the first thing we must ask is... The concept for this collection, was it Shadow specifically? What about it got you? Well, it's like I said, it's it's been very, very, very close to me. It's always been like really enamored by any, the light, the way the light hits, natural light. And so just over the years, I just kind of kept snapping pictures, you know, kind of developing a certain look. I really kind of, settled on like the the solo one person as much as i possibly could either walking through a shadow or some harsh light and it's an ongoing project that in that same vein um i think i'm just always drawn to that even like uh if we're driving around you know and, and my wife's driving i'll be like looking down alleys and i'll be like in my head i'm like well that's some good light you know i, I bet you i could get somebody walking through there so i don't know, just something innate in me that is just drawn towards the contrast and the and the heavy shadows and and black and white's always been you know my favorite as well and uh sort of just com- combined the two and, and and you know we got Shadowlands. so mm-hmm. now i just saw something to sort of inject into this um i recently saw a series of old photos of my family and many of these have never been seen before uh, my sister has been uh, following the Gates family tree for almost 50 years, and she sent us all this batch of of you know photographs, and they were black and white of my mother and her three brothers back in the 30s. This is up in Vermont, and you know they're just all getting into their teens, and of course they're all black and white, and. There was just something about the lack of the color that to me has always been a draw. I'm old enough to remember just black and white, and then color was this big thing. And I don't know, but I thought over this was I was looking through this whole treasure trove of these pictures, and I thought, you really see more in black and white, don't you? Yeah, I mean, it kind of goes with the the old, I don't know who it was, said, you know, color is vulgar. I forget which photographer who said that. Um, Robert Frank, maybe, but um, yeah, I find at least I, I feel a lot of times the color is almost distracting, and I feel like sometimes it's used as a crutch. Like if it's like not the greatest photo in the world, but look at that bright, that bright yellow flower, whatever it is. And so I sort of like stripping all that down uh, to, to just the geometry, like uh, like a huge Carter Brisson fan. So like. You know, his stuff really was heavy in geometry. And he only shot black and white. He was another kind of hater of when color film came out. Um, yeah, and it also just has a feel. Uh, I feel like you look, you study a black and white photo a lot longer than you do a color. Because a lot of times you're like, oh, wow, look at that pop of red. And then you just kind of keep on going. But when it's in black and white, I, I feel like it um, sort of coaxes 
coaxes the the uh the viewer into kind of taking a closer look so yeah i absolutely agree Mm -hmm. now do you prefer black and white to color or is that situational it's situational i mean as far as digital goes um i definitely love definitely love black and white more um i still shoot a, a good bit of uh film and i do shoot you know c41 process film and it has a certain look to it as well that i just feel like the digital at least at least that i can do i I don't feel like i'm a strong photographer digital um in color i uh yeah i i I pretty much see everything in black and white anyway the color if i do shoot for color is just sort of a bonus you know it's the similar i'm looking at lines i'm looking at shadows i'm looking at contrast but then the color is just sort of, if I'm shooting a roll of color film, it's sort of just something that's added to it. It's not necessarily something that I actively search off to shoot color. Mm-hmm. Now, your work has been described as film noir, and I can see the cover. It looks like something out of an old detective novel or a film. There's this guy here smoking on the phone, and it's like one person, one simple action, and you incorporate like a building and just, Oh, it's, it's so simple looking, but there must've been so much that just goes into that and into these kind of pictures. Yeah. It's the, I, growing up, I never was overly influenced by photographers. Even when I got into photography, I was more influenced by cinema and like my parents, you know, my dad, especially, was has always been a huge cinephile. So we would, you know, it'd be like a Saturday and a kid my age who'd probably been watching Disney or or something like that. And I'm watching Alfred Hitchcock movies with my dad. So I think that's the stuff that really imprinted on me at a young age that sort of just never went away. I mean, I didn't really start looking into, you know, early photographers until I was already, you know, fairly, fairly into my photography career. I was just always sort of just influenced by old movies and new movies and just the, the, the motion picture. And so I tried to make each one of those frames, like it would be like a screen grab from, you know, from the Maltese Falcon or something, you know, something like that as opposed to looking at it as a, as a, as a photograph, I look at it as like a screen grab from like a bigger movie, but you're only just catching that little scene. Mm -hmm. Well, I definitely want to ask you more a little later on about this upbringing, your folks and these things that you saw, because they always are so pivotal. And we are going to get into the photos in your new book, Shadowlands. Gabriel Spangler is my guest. And on Brown Posey Press, a new release of his photography called Shadowlands. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Explore Sunbury Press books and find the work of talented authors in many genres. Ars Metaphysica is our spiritual, new age, and metaphysical imprint. Check out Pettengill's Perfect Fortune Teller and Dream Book by Pelatiah Pettengill. The Space Between by Judith Bowen and works by Kareem El Kusa, including The Phoenician Code. Find out more by clicking on the Books tab at sunburypress.com. We're back. I'm speaking with Gabriel Spangler, the author and creator of Shadowlands, the new book on Brown Posey Press, a new book of photography. And we're t- uh, the first thing I have to ask at this point now, these pictures 
were taken over like the past five years or thereabouts. Was there a reason for the time frame or did that just come about that way? It just sort of came about. I think, I think over those five years is when I sort of matured into, you know, uh, what would I guess I could consider a better photographer. So like I sort of hit my stride, I felt like, and I feel like I'm still always improving and I feel like I always should improve. But about five years ago, I, I really started taking it a lot more serious and I, maybe for lack of a better term, had a bit more of a game plan um, for like an ongoing project like this. And, you know, I, some of the pictures are from Italy. Some of them are from France and, and Philly, Baltimore, anywhere I could go, anywhere the sun was shining and people were walking around. I would always sort of have a camera with me and yeah, they just sort of started piling up over the years. And I'm like, I don't know, maybe un- unknowingly or subconsciously knowing like, all right, this is my kind of my thing. This is where I really feel comfortable. And this is the stuff that I really want to produce. And part of it was like, I love the the aspect of just studying the sun and like how fast it changes. Like there's some of those pictures in the winter time, you know, that, that sun, I'll have that shadow, that light for about, three minutes or four minutes until it completely changes. So then I'm just sort of fingers crossed. Someone will walk through it and I can get the picture I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, you know, if it doesn't work out, then, you know, if it's, it was in Harrisburg, then I would just sort of make a mental note. Okay. This time is good. And I'll kind of check out this area. And yeah, they just sort of like started compounding over the years. And like, I even started introducing that the the real heavy contrast stuff with like client work and and yeah I mean it, it sort of just became it just came became part of me and a part of my work so and you said that these were from different parts of the world I was going to ask where they were because I recognized one because I saw the 212 area code on a sign and I thought okay there's one and um they did seem to have that feel of different parts of the world was this um direct- yeah, like a little bit of everything. Like, uh, like if I would have a if I would have a shoot, like a client shoot in Philly, then we would go like maybe for an extra night, you know, down to Philly, and then I would shoot, you know, during the day. Um, sort of like squeeze things in. The, the, the Italy, everything from Italy was. I, I shot a wedding there last summer, um, so I had you know I was there for a week and they needed me to shoot for. 10 hours or whatever so i was like mm-hmm. fantastic it's you know september and I, I, I you know the sun is perfect so i just went out and shot a lot there um we, we spent some time in france um and so once again you know i i, I seldom travel travel without a camera uh usually several and um i would just sort of squeeze that in you know like sometimes even if we were going out to grab some lunch you know on the walk to lunch i would see like a cool spot and be like, ah, you know, just kind of just hang out here for like five minutes and hopefully something will come through, you know? So yeah, I would kind of try to squeeze it in as much as I could. Yeah. Now I was wondering, is there any way, there seems to be a bit of a setup and a framing of the spaces. Um, You can't always do that though. Sometimes there's this, that moment of, oh, there's something and you just take that picture, but do you try to frame? Um, Yeah. I mean, for me, my mind's sort of doing it pretty fast. So like I'll be walking and then I'll see, 
I'll see the, you know, like a really good spot coming up. And as I approach it, I'm sort of mentally framing it. And I pretty much shoot everything around like a 35 or 28 millimeter focal equivalent. So it's pretty wide. And, and I shoot that, that focal distance so much that I, I, a lot of times don't even really need to look through the viewfinder. I just kind of like, you know, if I ha- hold my hand steady, mm-hmm. Uh, at this angle, like what will be in the shot. And um, sometimes it takes 10 seconds for it to all happen. And sometimes I sat there for 10 minutes, you know, you just never know. And that's kind of part of the fun too. Mm-hmm. Now I, I'm going to ask this. I know nothing of photography and I am reminded when I was trying to think of the way some of these photos were set up and you've talked about some of your, um, some of your influences, I was reminded of Robert Maplethorpe and how he would like wait for hours for the lighting and space for a shot to just be perfect. And I think there was his famous uh, showing the perfect moment was sort of an example of that. And I've seen some of that display and I've seen some of those pictures and there's some really just detailed ones and the patience that he had to have almost the obsessive patience to sit there and just wait for the right shot does that ever enter into your mind? Did you ever think? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's been, there's been plenty of times where, you know, I was very patient. One one in particular, one shot in particular, always, um, you know, a a fairly windy day. So like we had cloud coverage for like two minutes and then we had really, really, really harsh sun for two minutes and then the clouds, you know, and you just didn't know it was very random. Right. And, And I found this alley, with a with a fire escape and the way the sun was hitting like the fire escape sort of just the shadows just were like you know 10 feet long coming down this building and i was just like oh this is brilliant you know and i'm (laughs) sitting waiting and waiting waiting and i'm getting real excited and i see this guy coming and he was a cool looking guy you know like sort of like an old school hippie had like long hair glasses i think like a headband on he gets about three steps from the alley where i wanted him to go and (laughs) the clouds covered the sun and just completely flattened everything out. I was like, Oh man, you know, and it was like a, an interesting spot too, where like there wasn't a ton of foot traffic. So like it was a, you know, that's the one guy that was going to walk past and I was just like, Oh man, that sucks. You know, but it's like, yeah, it happens. And like some of it, like, so to, to battle the impatience and or boredom or whatever, I'll a lot of times find like three or four really good sh- spots within like maybe a block or so of each other. And I'll just sort of bounce between the spots. Like, and if I see someone coming far away and I'm like, oh, maybe they won't turn, they'll walk through. I'll just hang out here for a second. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if nothing's going on there, then I'll jump over. But there's been tons of times where I would walk away, then someone would <laughs> walk through and I'm like, uh, all right. You know, and other days, other days, like I could go to 12 different incredibly cool, hard shadowed, back, back lit, you know, just great spots. And people are just walking through. Like I literally can't go wrong. And then other days, nobody, there's nobody. That's, yeah, it's just kind of the nature of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it's sort of fun in some sort of sadistic way i guess you know i don't know now that leads me to the question did people know you were doing this did people see you and how, how did they react to that um sometimes you know sometimes people will notice um other times like i said it's a pretty wide angle lens so it's not like and i'm pretty close to them 
I always, I always, you know, anytime anybody wants to try to get into doing like candid photography on the street, you know, without anybody's knowledge, I always tell them like the worst thing you can do is be far away, like holding a camera up to your face, taking a picture of them with like a long lens. Like you look like an insurance adjuster or, or a private investigator or something. But if you're close to them and you're shooting like a a wider angle lens, there's something about it. that's just like, either they're just like, Oh, well, I just walked through that guy's shot or, you know, they just say hi or whatever. Every once in a while, someone would be like, did you take a picture of me? And I'll be like, yeah. And then I'll show them. And then, you know, you know, and I'm like, I want to make everybody look cool. You know, I'm never going to take a picture of somebody and have them look silly or anything. So, you know, anytime anybody said anything to me, they're always like, yeah, that's awesome. And then like a lot of times I'll be like, here's a card. If you want to, if you want to copy this, I'll send it to you. You can, you can post it on your Instagram, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I feel like that's sort of the easiest way to diffuse. Sometimes people yell and say, don't take my picture. And I said, okay, I won't take your picture. You know, right. it's all about, I don't know, kind of how you carry yourself and if you explain to them, like, look, I'm an artist, I'm doing this for art or, or whatever. Yeah. Usually, usually it's, it's fine. That's cool. Yeah. It, it depends. It's different places and it's, it's who you're dealing with, I guess. We're speaking with Gabriel Spangler. He is the author and creator of Shadowlands, a new book of photography on Brown Posey Press. And we're going to talk a little more with him in our third segment about some of these works and some of his influences. Stay with us. Sunbury Press Books is the home of independent authors and thinkers. Radio Free Press is our imprint for politics and social issues. Check out authors such as Pat LaMarche, author of Still Left Out in America, The State of Homelessness in the United States. Wingnuts, a field guide to everyday extremism in America by David Michael Slater. And A Year of Change and Consequences by Mark Single. Find out more by clicking the Books tab at sunburypress.com. We're speaking with Gabriel Spangler, the author and creator of the book Shadowlands. It's a work of photography that is a new release here on Brown Posey Press. And I want to uh, go into some of the pages of this book. I just flipped through it, and then I did a, a more deeper look at these. And I always think that, you know, as I write visually, I thought this is this is like sort of the other side of it, of here is somebody painting a picture and it's right there in front of him. And some of these just stood out for me by the way that you caught them. And also, uh, you gave interesting titles that seemed to fit. And I'm just going to ask two or three of these. Um, you have one called Body and Soul. And when I first saw that, I thought of the Joe Jackson album and the, the, the cover of him with the saxophone. And then you do something really different with it, which is kind of neat. Tell us a little about that one. Well, the the funny thing is a little a little Easter egg. All the names of all of the um, photos were actually um, titles of noir films over the past like eighty oh. years or something. So um, that's just a fun little thing. But yeah, Body and Soul that was a really tight little alley, and um, it's it's right around the corner from a bus stop, so it does get decent traffic going through. And I sort of just squared off, and I just loved that hard, that really, really hard angle uh, of shadow in the right, uh, the upper right corner, and then just the, you know, the little, the little bumpers there, so nobody runs into the building. And then this fellow was probably, I can only assume, jumped off of the, uh, jumped off of the, 
uh, Boston was sort of heading down the alley and I just thought his hair, um, it was during COVID. So he had, you know, he had his mask on and I just thought it was just such a cool profile. And then, you know, like the geometry with the, the angle and the light at the top and then the uh, two different color brick. And then, then there's even a lighter sidewalk there too. I just like all the lines. It just all kind of worked out great. I thought. Yeah. No, some of these are just uh, really cool things. Like I love this one city streets where you, you catch this fellow walking down this, this long, you know, this narrow little street between buildings. And it's like, there's his, there's the future ahead the very the very near future and that's that's what i saw from it but it was just like um and like a, a lot of the stuff which i really like is just every day you know this this guy you know he was either i can't remember if that was the afternoon so i, I believe that's the afternoon so my guess is is he's heading home from work there's a parking garage right there and yeah he's got a bag you know he's, he's you know heading home from his day at work and i just sort of like that like you said, there's all that ahead of him, which is could be the rest of his evening. It could be the rest of his life doing the same thing over and over again. Um, and I just love kind of the solitude of it. The fact that he's just down this alley and he's just sort of creeping out of the, out of the shadows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think my favorite one though, is this one, the roaring twenties, because there's so much happening. It look you the, in the foreground. There's this fellow sitting there alone looks like at a sidewalk cafe, but it's like you walk, you look further down. It's like, this is like a marketplace of some sort. And there's light shafting through at an angle. And it's like, you capture, there's like, this is the kind of picture you give to a writing class and say, write the scene. Yeah. That was a, that was a, about two o'clock in the morning in Paris. Wow. And, um, we had, we had some, some, we were out with some friends and, uh, you know, as time went on, I just sort of like sitting down. I was just like, you know, I'm going to go I'm gonna just kind of go walk around for a couple minutes, you know. And I turned the corner and he was just sitting outside of like this little, probably like a little pub. And he was just smoking a cigarette. And I just was like, oh, man, that just the way the light was hitting on top of him. And yeah, I, that's one of my favorite shots I think I, I've ever taken, especially um in Europe when I was when I when I was over there that was one of the the ones I really liked like like you said it just and then like way way down the road you see just like a couple people walking I, I don't know I, I always really liked that one too so I thank you I appreciate it mm. now we've got to ask about the equipment you talk about one or several cameras do you have any um what what is your shall we say weapon of choice what do you like to carry with you what do you like to use best um Mostly, mostly, uh, most of this stuff was shot on an iteration of the X100, which is a Fujifilm, like a little mirrorless camera with a fixed, fixed lens on it. It's a fixed 35 millimeter equivalent lens. And, um, yeah, it's a leaf shutter, so it doesn't make any noise. Uh, it's, it's fairly small, so it's, it's very, like, I look like a tourist no matter what, you know, like doesn't look like i'm out you know uh on safari or anything like that it's it's pretty unassuming and um yeah yeah i mean like but but in all in all seriousness i mean some of this other stuff like the roaring 20s was shot on um full frame mirrorless camera with a 40 millimeter um lens on it uh fast you know fast aperture because it was late night like that but anything i mean I, i think the big thing with what you're 
what your camera is is like what you're comfortable with because everything's happening very fast and you have to be able to like change the shutter or you know the shutter speed or the aperture or or anything focus you know all this stuff sometimes in a very very small window and if you're kind of fiddling around trying to find it in your settings menu you're going to miss shots so i think the biggest thing is a camera that you just know really well and that is like you know kind of an extension of you that you don't have to think because the less the less you have to think there's the less chance of messing up the shot or not getting the shot so it's it's like an instrument it's like um absolutely it, yeah. it's like you get the feel of the fretboard of a certain guitar or the feel of a certain horn or something and it's like and i know that myself and it's like you you get that feel of what it's like and your muscle memory kicks in a little bit but it's also you, you've got no worries about what you're what you're using it's like away we go now i can i can just forget about everything and and you don't even think that it, you just go ahead absolutely I've, I played bass for a lot of years and guitar and I can kind of play drums and stuff. And I was at somebody's a party and somebody had a bass sitting there and I just was fiddling around with it. And it was like, wasn't my bass. So it just felt weird, you know, like it's the same thing with a camera. Like if you pick up someone else's camera, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, what's, you know, you're, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to navigate it and acclimate yourself to it. And meanwhile, you know, somebody on a unicycle juggling chainsaws goes past you as you're fiddling, you know, you're like, you're like once in a lifetime shot, you know, as you're, as you're screwing around with the camera or whatever. Right. So, yeah. Now that takes us back to what we were talking about earlier about your self-taught and you were talking about how film was more your influence that led you into photography and stuff. Tell us about your folks. Tell us about, uh, your upbringing a little bit and, and what, yeah. What yeah I mean, like, on? uh, both my, both my mom and dad are both artistic. My dad, I mean, they're both alive. My dad's, you know, in his late eighties, mid day, late eighties, but he, he still paints a little bit. I mean, he was always a, a realism painter and my mom was just sort of crafty, you know, like an artistic in her own way, you know? And, um, yeah, ever since I was a kid, I mean, I was just around that kind of stuff. My dad, you know, my dad was always a jokester and, you know, he would, he would, uh, he would like take, uh, like a newscast, like a news broadcast, but then he would like with an old deck to deck VHS, he would like dub his own news in and did everybody's voices and just like all this like goofy stuff. Like when I was a kid and like, he like, I think pioneered like the, the Photoshopping, like, cause he would like, take a picture of my mom and then cut her head out and put it on like a like bodybuilder lady's body, you know, <laughs> and like then re-photocopy it. And that would be her like birthday cards, you know, like, so like I was just really, that's the stuff I was exposed to. You know, we would watch the Simpsons while we ate dinner, you know, probably I saw Monty Python's Holy Grail when I was probably too young to I'd go to school and, People are like, oh, you know, my, you know, we watch family movie night. We watched, you know, Bambi or something. And I was like, that's, we watched Predator. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, you know, it's stuff that I probably shouldn't have been seeing at that age, but it really sort of sunk in, you know, like I remember watching Airplane with my dad and like, I still could probably quote most of that movie and I haven't seen it in 20 years or whatever. But so they always, they were always 
they didn't push me in any direction. You know, they weren't like pushing me to be artistic. You know, I did learn uh, like viola and like saxophone when I was real, real young. And then somewhere around that age, 12, like somebody realized that I could run like twice as fast as the rest of the kids in the class. They're like, why don't you play sports? I was like, okay. (laughs) So, so then I, you know, so I, so my, basically my high school years were running track and, and playing sports and stuff like that. And then it was, and I still did artistic things, you know, I had, um, graphics class like we would make t-shirts you know i had cartooning i did we we would make the old solenoid cartoon so i was sort of this like weird jockey artsy kid you know that you know barely paid attention in school because he just wanted to do artsy stuff (laughs) you know you know you know either playing a band or, or or draw or whatever and then like once you know once once i graduated high school and and I sort of really locked into more doing more artistic endeavors like like shooting uh short movies and stuff and even when I was a kid my my parents had uh the old VHS camcorder yep so like me and all the neighborhood kids would just sort of you know do our own Saturday night live type skits or or you know really silly like drug dealer <laughs> movies like in somebody's living room when we're like 11 or whatever you know <laughs> and you know editing in the camera you know so i i took that then i i was shooting more motion work and doing just a little bit of stills there uh maybe 15 years ago doing music videos and, and just doing more more short films and stuff like that but it got to be the point where I realized I could go out and it took a lot to make a short movie. You know, like yep. it, it took so much to make a six minute movie because you're, you know, as we're older, you know, you're getting beer and pizza for everybody that you can kind of con into coming to being in your movie. Yep. And most of them are terrible. So you're like, okay, he's terrible, but he's totally okay being in the movie. So let's just have <laughs> him do this. You know, it's like, and it got to be a little tough where I realized, well, if I just go out with a stills camera, I can make these little mini movies, single frame mini movies with people that don't even know they're in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, you know, th- that person's just going to work. Okay, well, you're the star of this, this you know, one frame movie and you don't even know it. So that's, so that's what really drew me. I could go out and do it by myself. It was a lot like going from playing team sports to being a golfer or yep. playing tennis. Like you just, it's just you then. And, and I really like that to be honest with you. Now, in terms of your own development and stuff, uh, that is fascinating to me. I've, I've seen different people. It's interesting. The people who take up photography that you don't realize were into it and doing their own things. There must be something really um that's part of the process. That's part of the art is, is doing the development and getting it in the dark room and stuff. Oh, for sure. I mean, even, even now when I, I shot a roll of film last night, I, I worked something out. I got a new camera, medium format film camera. I shot a roll of film on it last night. I processed it in my kitchen and I scanned it. It didn't go to a lab. It didn't, you know, I had control over every aspect of it. And if it weren't for the fact that I just don't have the room for an enlarger in a dark room to make prints, you know, I, I love, 
all of that is 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 so satisfying and it's so it's such a great process because if you want it let, let's say you have from 400 speed film and you're like you know what it's dark out i'm gonna push this 400 speed film to 3200 well then you push the chemistry you're you're you're, you're looking at a chart like i find it all very very satisfying i guess you know because then you know like i hang it I, I squeegee it off and you know in our spare in our spare bathroom shower which you know my wife loves pulling the curtain back and there's like you know 500 gallons of <laughs> chemistry in there or whatever you know but yeah it's just it's something about it and i, and I really wish and, and i i think there are a lot of classes but i i feel like if anybody is getting into photography even if you are shooting digital I think you would be, it, it, it's very beneficial to find an old, somebody's uncle will have a 35 millimeter film camera that works, or you might have one, but send it to the lab. It is just a different way to shoot because every time you, that little shutter goes off, you know, like you're calculating like, well, I just cost 50 cents. So that costs 80 cents. So you're not, you shoot differently. You, you're, you're more methodical and, and it's just, and I feel like it's just more rewarding. It's it's old school, man. Like film has such a feel to it, you know. Especially if you shoot some expired film that was in somebody's, you know, trunk of their car for five years or something, and it's just grainy, all these crazy colors and stuff. Just stuff you just can't you can't really achieve digitally. So yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great. Now that was the next question I had I'm not for sure you. I understand. Is the the lost art? Of, of photography, the lost art of film. I mean, with with uh, you know hand you know smartphones that can take these amazing photographs, and you can do just about everything on one. It's there's that really neat uh, thing that you just talked about. Do you think it's a lost art, or are, are people still are young people still gravitating to it or discovering it, like you were saying? Yeah, it's it, it definitely from even just based solely on the prices of cameras and film cameras and film it has it's had a huge resurgence in the past resurgence in the past i'd say five years four or five years where you know uh a lot of 25 year old kids are finding the nostalgia in the 90s so i think it's sort of carried over to like the um you know the disposable cameras and then they were like oh cool i could do this stuff with this disposable camera you know, my dad has an AE one sitting around. I'm gonna get I'm gonna dust that off and throw a roll of thirty-five mil in it, you know, and I think it's honestly it's it's stronger than it's been in a long time, which I like. I don't like the fact that, you know, film is a lot more expensive now and stuff, you know, yep. because of it. But I do like seeing more and more people shooting shooting film. Uh, there's a camera shop uh local here. And, uh, you know, I'm in there all the time and they sell film and they process film and they always get cameras and film cameras in. And, and when I'm in there kind of talking to them and just hanging out, there's always kids coming in. I say kids. I'm 47. So I don't know. I think I call everybody a kid anymore. But, um, you know, 25, 30 year olds come in and they're like dropping off a roll of film, you know, or, or, or buying a roll of film. And I, I, I like it. I, I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's really I'm really, really happy about it. That's cool. Well, what is next for you? Are you working on any new projects or uh, anything of the sort? It's, um, you know, The Shadows is ongoing. 
Um, I've been doing I've been doing a lot of projects on um, uh, color color projects on film, um, medium format film as much as I can. And and uh, I think the next project I want to start working on is once it starts to cool down and it gets dark uh, a little earlier in the day. I think I'm going to do a, a series of night city stuff at night on color film, mm-hmm. sort of push the film as much as I can to kind of give it a, uh, a bit of a taxi driver feel to it, you know, sort of gritty, gritty color um, night stuff, I think is, is my next project really to, to work on. So, all right. Well, maybe we'll get a, uh, get a second volume of Shadowlands or something down yeah, the road. <laughs> um, now, um, where can we get the book? Of course, we can get it through sunburypress.com on the Brown Posey imprint, but uh, elsewhere, uh, where would we find it? I believe it's on Amazon as well, but um, if you know on, on any of my socials, I, I'm pretty sure I have the the brown posy, the link, you know, from Sunbury, you know, um, kind of predominant there in my in my link tree on Instagram. I think it's probably my pin tweet. So I would say get it directly from Brown Posey or, or Sunbury if you can. You know, uh, cut out cut out Amazon and just sort of. You know, they're, they're nice and quick, and, and Lawrence is great. Everybody's great there. So, Very cool. Well, is there um, any last um, bit of advice to give? Like, if there's one thing that somebody came to you, like maybe some, one of these kids sees you in the shop and says, I'd like to get into photography the way you're doing it, what's the one thing you would tell them? Um, I would tell them not to because I would be afraid they'd be better than me. No, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I would say, I would say, like with anything – the repetitions like the practice and it might be like a little bit of a little bit of the sports mentality left in my brain from 20 years ago or 30 years ago where you know if you just go out and you 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 press a couple you press a shutter like three times a week you're just you're not going to get better like it it just you just got to shoot and shoot and shoot until you find what your what you're passionate about, whether it's landscape or portrait work or, or cityscapes or street candids. Once you find it, then you sort of, I think it sort of clicks, at least it clicked for me where it just sort of became, you know, an obsession, you know, like a, like a, just a complete passion where I was just like, this is good, but it can be better. I got to shoot more, you know, and that's, that's the beauty of shooting digital. You can, you can just go out and shoot, you know, a thousand shots and doesn't cost you anything, you know, like, so yeah, I would say just practice, you know, just try to get close to the people. I know it's scary at first, but you, you know, it's, it's a little bit more disarming if you're close and pay attention to the whole scene, try to build the scene as fast as you can in your brain, you know, as you're walking up to it. Um, yeah, just, I guess just practice, right? All right. Well, we've been speaking with Gabriel Spangler. Shadowlands is his new collection of photos available through Brown Posey Press and sunburypress.com. Thank you for your time, Gabe. I've, I've had a blast talking with you. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, Tori. You've been listening to the Brown Posey Press Show with your host, Tori Gates. Find his works, including Searching for Roy Buchanan, Call It Love, and Shake Hands with the Devil, along with more independent authors of fiction and nonfiction at sunburypress.com. Thank you for listening. This is the BookSpeak Network. <laughs>